0: Are listening to Asian Skycast, the show that brings you the most updated aviation industry insight.
1: I'm Alad Davis. I'm the Media and Communications Director here at Asian Sky Group and Asian Sky Media. Uh, thank you very much for joining me and the rest of us today for the legal panel. So, what I'll ask you to do is introduce uh, yourself, uh, first of all, if that's okay. Um, Evelyn, you're at the top of the screen. So, if you don't mind, uh, you can go first.
2: Sure. Thank you. So I'm Ethan Locke. I'm a counsel at Mayor Brown. Uh, I've been working at Mayor Brown and also in the aviation team for the past 14 years. And I'm very happy that uh, ASG invited me to attend this um, panel discussion.
1: Thank you very much. And Peter, um, you next? uh, Good
3: evening. Good morning, wherever you are. Um, My name is Peter Coles. I'm head of aviation at Clyde & Co. in the Asia-Pacific region. I've uh, been in the region about 25 years and uh, working uh, for aircraft operators, managers, ground handlers, airports, etc. throughout that period. So thank you very much for this opportunity to share some
0: of our thoughts with you. And Andrew? Thank you. Uh, my name is Andrew Lockhart. I'm a partner at Bakery Mackenzie. Um, I seem to be the granddaddy here. I've been practicing over 30 years in Hong Kong I do work for airlines and for banks and for leasing companies and in the private aviation area I do a lot of work for private banks and also ultra high net worths and uh, thank you to Asian Sky Group for hosting this, this evening.
1: Well thank you all for coming. I think we'll start with the first question then um, if that's okay. So this question I believe is more geared towards Andrew and Evelyn. Um, And that's really managing the expectations of first-time buyers. Uh, At the moment, all we're hearing about a new entrance into business aviation, we're hearing lots about people that have never chartered aircraft before, um, taking charters and lots of people that have never bought um, aircraft before, uh, looking to purchase their first aircraft. And of course, the, the whole purchase process of buying an aircraft is a lot more complicated than buying a car, for example, and it's quite often something that people don't realize. But I was just wondering when it does come to those first-time buyers, how you manage the expectations of those people um, and try and sort of warn them in, in advance about how long that process can be and what could possibly go dr- wrong during it. So I, I think uh, Evan, we'll go to you first of all, if that's okay, just because you're on the top,
2: So <laughs> Sure, no problem. Um, so for us, This is an exercise in expectation management. Um, What expectations do we manage? We manage expectations on complexity, um, cost and timing. But most importantly, early communication is key. Buyers do not like last-minute surprises. Um, Luckily, um, in our experience, many aircraft managers are very good at helping the customers to understand the process, the time and the cost involved. And we as lawyers, we provide an objective view.
1: And, and Andrew, how about from your perspective?
0: Yes, I, th- I think Evelyn described that very well. Um, I, I think the thing to remind first-time buyers is that this is a, a really a, a, a life cycle, I think, of ownership. And you know, the, the buying experience to begin with is really just the first part of it. And there'll be a lot more to come. And in terms of... Um, helping them manage expectations, I think the best advice is to get good advice uh, for the client, not only legal advice, of course, but also uh, a good manager, and if financing is involved, you know, a good banker or financier to advise them as well.
1: And, and actually that was going to be my follow-on question actually, is is how green are these people when they come to you? Are they, are they how far along in the process are they? Are they They've found the aircraft, presumably, but as a first-time buyer, they might not understand the further implications of everything involved with aircraft ownership. So, at what stage do they come to you, and 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 how how involved with that process are they?
0: Do you want to go, go or do no, you want me? To...
2: Well, um, for me, it, it varies. Some of them, um, they will come with usually um, at least with an LOI at the stage where they've already. Uh, got a broker, identified an aircraft, uh, has already got a letter of intent. And I think for buyers, that's the best time to find a lawyer at this stage. Um, people may think that a letter of intent is just a two-page long document and didn't pay much attention. But actually, it um, it paves the way when you negotiate your um, sell and purchase agreement. And really, that's the Probably the earlier a buyer involves a lawyer, more worth you will get out of the exercise.
1: And, and Andrew, how about for you? A-
0: again, I agree with that. We tend to get involved at around the LOI stage. Uh, I, I would say though that the market, I think, it's certainly in North Asia, is maturing somewhat. So we see fewer genuinely first-time buyers. We see people who have owned aircraft. Before coming back in and trading and that sort of stuff. For the true first time buyer, um, you know, again, you, you need to do quite a lot of hand holding in terms of getting them introduced to the right people.
1: And, and so, Peter, moving moving um, to you and, and Gordon as well, if he can join us. We we spoke previously, Peter, a couple of months ago, I think it was, about uh, mitigating the risks involved with bringing airmen and aircraft back into service following lengthy periods. I'm um, just wondering if you could talk us through the processes involved where people need to be careful about the risks involved in, in doing exactly that.
3: You know, the, the industry is heavily regulated. We have lots of documentation, as procedures and processes for, you know, putting aircraft into long-term parking, short-term parking, and then uh, bring them out and then trying to resume operations on the ground. Then in flight and so on. So I, I think the main thing, you know, that we all have to the industry do now, and it sounds it sounds a, a simple point, but it's a really important point, given the number of incidents and accidents that we're now seeing is uh, for, for everyone involved to slow down, to focus more on safety, safety for the equipment, safety for the people, and for tasks that may have taken a few minutes or half an hour last time, we should be taking a lot longer in order to ensure that things are done properly.
1: And, and, and have you seen many incidents arising because people haven't been taking uh, the proper care and time to be able to do things?
3: Yeah, we've seen um, in this region, um, I'd say in the last 12, 12 to 18 months, we've seen far more ground incidents. And these often involve towing of aircraft, pushback of aircraft, or just maintenance on that aircraft. And we've seen some very significant damage caused as a consequence of people taking shortcuts, people not following established procedures. In some cases, Ground handling operations employing people who who are not familiar. So you know we saw a downsizing of, of ground handling operations for very obvious reasons. Some handlers used it as an opportunity to shed more expensive staff as we bring you know begin to ramp up, employing new people who don't have the training, who don't have the long term experience and knowledge, and 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 very often we also see. You know manuals that have not been updated have not been improved so all all around not not a very good uh, position to be in as we as we ramp up
1: and presumably that that speed of doing something um andrew and evelyn um is is something that presumably first-time buyers don't probably understand during the purchase uh, process anyway about how long that can actually take i mean you mentioned that you, you sort of get, typically get involved in the LOI stage. Presumably, you get a lot of pressure from um, first-time buyers to speed up how long the rest of that process takes. Would that be fair to say?
2: Yes, very uh. much. <laughs> the Andrew and I share this similar smile. Um, yes, so I remember about 10 years ago, it was quite normal to finish a deal with financing, Purchase Plus Financing in two months time and now it's been shortened to one month, six weeks. Sometimes people ask us to complete a deal within two weeks time. (laughs) But so that's why I I think we I think um, as normal, uh, we need to remind the buyers that it's it's not like you can walk out of negotiations and with a shiny new plane, the next day you, you, you sign your SPA. It takes a bit more preparatory work when it comes to buying an aircraft. So uh, a buyer, number one, they need to uh, check whether the seller actually owns the aircraft. The buyer will need to find out uh, who owns the aircraft, who has possession of the aircraft. um, Is there any security over the aircraft? And then um, second thing that a buyer um, should look out for is, um, is the aircraft technically sound. Um, It's easy for new aircraft, um, but for a used aircraft, a buyer will need to take the time and find the expert to ascertain the physical condition of the aircraft. And that's usually done through a pre-purchase inspection, which takes at least two weeks sometimes. Sometimes it's even longer, depends on the condition of the aircraft. And then the next thing that a buyer will need to consider is um, how will the aircraft be operated who will fly the aircraft who will recruit the pilots the crew uh, who will ensure uh, and maintain the aircraft and of course financing so some buyers will need some help from the banks and for a first time buyer they they may be talking to their own banks their usual relationship banks but not all banks will be able to lend against corporate jets so one thing they need to find out which banks on the market will lend or would be okay to land against a copper jet? Number two, even if they can find that sort of bank, would that bank be able to lend you the money in two weeks' time? And three, if not, is the bank able to provide you with a bridge loan um, until the long-term financing is in place?
1: And so would you, would you ever get to the stage where a client wants you to get involved in the acquisition of an aircraft and you think, hang on a second, that aircraft's a bit too old, maybe you should step back from this. Has has that situation ever occurred to either
2: of you?
0: I I think in those circumstances, um, the lawyers would have maybe a little bit less to do with aircraft selection and sort of inspection issues. And that's probably more to do with the managers and Mm. the technical people advising clients around that. What would be relevant is in the context of financing because financiers wouldn't necessarily want to finance an aircraft over a certain age. Um, so that, that's probably relevant yeah absolutely
1: and and so we were talking on um we had a group call early early last week i think it was and one of the questions that came up and and peter i know you you you're quite keen to speak about this um is on repossessions of aircraft um so the the real question was have we seen many aircraft repossessed across asia pacific over over the course of the last year or so And I know you all had individual views on this, Um, but Peter, you you specifically thought we're we're sort of the tip of the iceberg, so to speak.
3: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm I'm personally aware of at least 12 repossessions very close to home in in the last 12 months. And I'm aware of some others on their way. Uh, There are some consistent themes uh, behind these and it's, as you would expect, it's debt. People, and if you, you know, going back to your, really the sort of beginning of this session about first-time buyers and their understanding of what they're buying and also the understanding of their obligations, you know, the, the possessions we're seeing are people who have got into financial trouble. In many cases, financiers being unaware until it's too late or they are aware but they fail to take, you know, the necessary steps early on and one of the complications for them uh, as we discussed the other day is that uh, guarantors uh, whether they be companies or or individuals you know very often sign up to this these arrangements but it can be very very difficult for financiers to locate them or if they can often these uh, certainly on the corporate level are already in a lot of financial trouble And, you know, in Hong Kong, you can see very easily from court searches who who these companies are. Uh, But, of course, it's not just in Hong Kong. Uh, We've seen significant issues in the Chinese mainland, Taiwan, Korea, Thailand, Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore. And I don't know the global figures, but I I suspect there have been a high proportion of repossessions in this region as compared with some others.
1: And, and Evelyn, I saw you sort of nodding your head um, as, as Peter was reeling off a list of countries then. Um, is there something that you've seen as well?
2: The reason I was smiling is because I, from from our perspective we haven't seen that happening but I guess it's because Peter and I specialize in different things. Yep. I'm a transactional lawyer so probably if if Customers approach us; uh, things weren't that bad. Um, so generally, generally, our, our our advice is that repossession may not be the best option for, for some type of financiers, and um, that's because if once the financier enforces the mortgage, becomes the owner, it will start picking up the cost of operating, maintaining, insuring the aircraft. So it might be a bit sensitive for the for the lenders. And to the extent that that could be done in that commercial um, circumstances, it's probably better for the bank to persuade its customer to sell the aircraft and repay the loan with the uh, sale proceeds. But of course, um, whether or not that's successful, it it really depends on individual cases. And I know that sometimes it's very challenging to do that persuasion.
1: No, absolutely. And, and Andrew, have you have you uh, dealt or have you heard much about aircraft in the region being repossessed?
0: Um, again, my experience is a little closer to Evelyn's and to Peter's. I mean, we've certainly been involved with what we might call a sort of a, a negotiated or a managed sale type ar- arrangement where a financier is prepared to sort of manage a sale process in order to get their loan repaid. Rather than go into the full blown hostile repossession scenario, we have seen some of those and and you know the key there is make sure that you get your aircraft located into a, a creditor friendly and predictable jurisdiction where you can attend to your repossession and get the manager involved and At that point, it's really critical to be looking at your tripartite or your all party agreement to ensure that the manager is going to start following instructions from the bank and not from its uh, previous customer in relation to the aircraft. So, as I say, more more along the lines of the managed sort of sales rather than the, the truly hostile repossessions involving court orders and that sort of stuff.
1: Absolutely. And so actually that brings us quite nicely onto Peter. Um, again, when we were speaking the other day, I think you coined the phrase soft uh, repossession. Could you sort of explain what you meant by that phrase?
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it touches really upon what Andrew has said. I, um, you know, there are, for some in some jurisdictions, the ability self-help to exercise self-help remedies, as Andrew has said. You look at tripartite. you go? So there are, you know, when you when you talk about repossessions, it's not necessarily uh, a, a if you like a forced repossession through a court. It can it can be uh, addressed prior to that. Uh, so that's what i mean by soft you know i don't think anybody really wants to end up in a situation of chasing debt in a winding up or or bankruptcy proceedings but the reality is there is a lot out, a lot of debt out there that has not been addressed early on And that's why we are seeing
1: more court action. Okay, absolutely. And uh, so I think that's probably the perfect moment um, to to, to finish things off on. Um, So I'd like to thank um, all of you um, for joining me today. Um, And yeah, thanks. Thank you very much. Um, And we'll see you back here in five minutes for the next panel. Thank you. Thank you, Evelyn. Thank Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you,
2: everyone.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on Asian Skycast. Make sure to visit our website, Asian Sky Media, where you can subscribe to the show on your phone or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show.